Thanks for joining the fifth season of the Positive Talk Podcast. Your hosts, Julie Homrich, a psychotherapist, and Chuck Allen, a pastor, merge faith and psychology each week to help you live a more peace-filled and purposeful life. So settle in and enjoy this week's episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's a great day to find an encouraging and positive word here at the Positive Talk Podcast, and thanks so much for that introduction. Julie, let's continue the discussion we began last week. Mm-hmm. And if you missed last week's episode, we were talking a little bit about technology and parenting and this whole concept of the, our digital world yes. and what's a realistic way in which you can live in peace with digital technology. Yeah, and boundaries with our kids surrounding yeah. screens and things like that. Yeah. So let's take it to a whole nother level today mm-hmm. and talk about what that what is that like in marriage and relationships? Yes, this is so important, Chuck. Okay, so I have I have example after example after example of couples that wind up in my office mm-hmm. and at to some degree the 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 weird question is, but is it cheating? Yes. So the first question people ask me surrounding this, they come in and they or their partner yeah. have been kind of connecting with someone online right. or maybe sending pictures yep. or videos. And they'll say, you know, is it really, is it really cheating? Like, right. is this really cheating? Right. And I will say the answer to that is it depends, but usually yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would like to look at this. So I went to Rabbi Google. Mm-hmm. I, I did, what did I just say? Rabbi Google. I went. I went to Rab. I think. I, <laughs> you said I think Google. I said, did I say Google? Yeah. I Rabbi I Google. Did. So for those of you listening, let me just reel that back. I spent a thousand dollars my eyes and my mouth messes up. So <laughs> let's let's go back. I asked Rabbi Google, uh-huh. who seems to always have the right. Now law. it's Chat GPT. You can ask. Yeah, it really is. That's true. So I'm showing my age, and um, I asked the simple question: What is cheating? Mm-hmm. All right. So the very first answer that Google gave me was that cheating, also known as infidelity, is when a person in a monogamous romantic relationship has an emotional or sexual relationship with someone else without their partner's consent. Consent. Yeah, That's and then I went piece. on and I went to like the second page mm-hmm. and I found where a therapist gave this thought on texting inappropriately mm-hmm. in an quote emotional or what guess what we would call a digital relationship yes. right and when asked is texting cheating this was their answer inappropriate texting can be considered cheating depending on a couple's boundaries around fidelity mm-hmm. signs of a texting affair may include being secretive mm-hmm. keeping your phone down or out of sight and flirting with others through text yes and that's why i said it it depends right yeah. it's because yeah. i think the word consent is huge here. Absolutely. And really, the reason why most of the time it's yes, it's because if one member of the couple feels uncomfortable yeah. with the level of intimacy, either emotional intimacy yeah. or physical intimacy that you're sharing with another person through your tech use, right, right. then that's infidelity. Yeah. Right? So here's, I, before you go any further, I want to go back to like what I found on Google and then go to the therapist in the room, mm-hmm. all right? <laughs> so two words come to mind that feel like they're in the same genre. Mm-hmm. Secretive mm-hmm. and consent. Yes. Right? Yes. Because these two, you can interchange them in almost any conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's usually um, whenever a couple has struggles around this, it's usually because 
consent wasn't obtained. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit later about how we keep things secretive and why we keep them secretive. Well, we just jumped right in this, didn't like. we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did. Well, and we think about, you know, infidelity. I always like to take things and look at, okay, if, if we're looking at infidelity, what is the opposite? What is fidelity? Yeah. And yeah. so I did actually Google as well. I did not chat GPT, so I'm not as savvy as you might think. Um, but the definition of fidelity is faithfulness to a person, cause, or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. Okay, there again, two words, demonstrated, continuing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's something about fidelity mm -hmm. that includes consistency. Exactly. So a question you can ask yourself anytime you interact with another person who is outside of your you know, romantic relationship online, you can consider this question. Would this interaction lead to my partner feeling as if I'm not being faithful or loyal or supportive to them, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. But how do we know whether they'd feel uncomfortable with it or not? Well, we have to be open and honest with right. our partner about right. our relationships, both online and in person. And Chuck, this happens through having discussions about what boundaries we are comfortable with ahead of time so that each partner knows where the boundaries lie in all relationships. Yep. And I say relationships because the fact remains, even though we try to kind of get some distance from it and try to make it seem like it's not... Texting or an online relationship, it's still a relationship. Period. And there, <laughs> yes. there's no way around that. Right. Right. And right. Uh, I find that men like to compartmentalize mm -hmm. so much mm -hmm. that, that there's this effort to take a relationship by text yeah. or, for that matter, by pornography. Right. And compartmentalize that and then wind up in my office and say, but it but it wasn't sex. Mm -hmm. And yeah. me thinking... I, I'm pretty sure it was, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, that's the only way things can be maintained is that desensitization, right? Yeah. That ability to have that defense yeah. mechanism. But I mean, let's distance. face it. If, uh, like on, on a regular basis, like the way Jenny and I uh, read in the mornings, we're mm -hmm. in chairs next to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, the way we like watch a movie at home, we're in chairs next to each other, different chairs. You know, we're just weird about our chairs. So, <laughs> we're, so, chair. so we have like our movie chairs, yeah. right? But it's not unusual for uh, Jen to misplace her phone. Mm -hmm. Like the only reason I think she has an Apple Watch is to find, find her phone, phone, right? <laughs> but, um, but so on a regular basis, she'll just reach over and grab my phone mm -hmm. to look up something or, yeah. or to text one of the girls, mm -hmm. right? If I ever mm. have to wonder yeah. what is on my phone right. when Jenny picks up my phone, then I most likely have something inappropriate Mm -hmm. on my phone. That's the first red flag. Yeah, that's right? a big one. I, I One of the things that I thought would be interesting in this conversation is to put this word transparency on the table. Mm -hmm. um, transparency, as it turns out, does a lot of healthy things in a relationship. Right. And it, if you're not transparent mm -hmm. with your technology, odds are good you're not transparent with everything else. Yeah. Well, and I think that is, it's sort of a litmus test yeah. for you, right? Because yeah. we spend a lot of time on our phones. We have access to an entirely different world on an our An entirely phone. secretive world if you choose. If you allow it to be, yeah. right? And yeah. you know, it's funny, Chuck, I have people will come in to my office and they'll talk about, you know, they have this friendship or this relationship mm -hmm. or they have these interactions mm -hmm. with somebody and they're like, I don't want to tell my partner about it. And I'm like, yeah. why? Right. And they'll say, well, you know, it it's fine. I would do the same thing 
with this person in front of my partner if they were there. My partner wouldn't care. Like I would do, I would talk to them the same way. I would, they, my partner wouldn't care. Right. And yet they won't tell their partner about their relationship. So if the partner wouldn't care, then why wouldn't you have you the tell conversation, them, right? right? And that's where this is inherently flawed. Yeah. Um, it's a defense mechanism, and they're basing their partner's boundaries on an assumption yeah. Yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have about their preferences. Yeah. And the only way that you're going to know what your partner's boundaries are is to discuss it with them, yeah. right? I read a business book some years back, and it talked about transparency and leadership. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing applied in our conversation today, mm-hmm. that transparency does does four things that are inherent to the very nature of transparency. Mm-hmm. One is trans- transparency builds trust. Yes. Every relationship I know, especially inside the, the boundaries of marriage, mm-hmm. is always better when trust is built. Mm-hmm. And trust can be destroyed in a nanosecond. Yeah. It may take 20 years to get where it is, but it can be gone in a nanosecond. Yeah. But transparency builds trust. Transparency fosters intimacy. Mm-hmm. You want a meaningful relationship with your employees for the, for the sake of a bottom line or for the sake of better relationships mm-hmm. or better uh, emotional health in your organization. Mm-hmm. It takes transparency. If you want that in your marriage, yeah. well, then foster intimacy through transparency. The well, third one, go ahead. No, I was just thinking of the word. Have you ever heard people say intimacy like is into into me, me see? see? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like at the core of that intimacy is what it is, right? Is transparency. So the third one, I thought I love this. It actually enhances low conflict relationships. Hmm. Like I, when I read that, I thought, okay, the healthiest relationships I have with the people I lead mm-hmm. are the people I'm most transparent with, and it is reciprocal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I tend to have less conflict because mm-hmm. I have less secrets. Right. Less secrets allow me to be the same person in every situation. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the fourth one, it builds security. Yeah. Like if you're transparent in a mutual relationship, there's a sense of you've got me. Yeah. I don't have to worry about what you're saying about me because you've so got true. me. Yeah. And that's how relationships are built is through, I mean, even from a neurochemical standpoint, if we don't feel safe. Yeah. We are not able to connect right. emotionally. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's the way our brains are that wired. That is so true. If we're yeah. in survival mode. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. We have these um, defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. right? When, you know, we want to have excuses for why we're not transparent. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, like, if you're in a, in a relationship with somebody outside of your spouse, um, you're probably in that moment pretty chemically vulnerable, right? You're getting like all of no those doubt. shots of dopamine, like all of this like excitement, all of those things, right? So to assume that we are clear-headed enough and non-biased enough in those relationships mm-hmm. to know what our partner is comfortable with, mm-hmm. probably not the case. We're probably yeah, you're a really little, pushing that capacity. A little biased, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why it's really important to be transparent. And you know, it's always a red flag when someone starts kind of conveniently leaving out a specific person when talking about places they've been. You yep. know, it's like yep. that one person where they're like they don't tell you if they're there. That's you know? right. Yep. Um, and then what I hear a lot is people will be like, well, I can't tell my wife that because she'll totally overreact and blah, 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 right? And I'm like, okay. And there's probably a reason. <laughs> I'm like, if that's yeah. the case, then You used a term I thought I, it was really interesting, a chemically vulnerable moment. Yeah, yeah. Just to be aware that we all have chemically vulnerable moments. We do. It's not, It's and it's not necessarily, we were talking off air about this, it's not necessarily about somebody's attractiveness or somebody, right. I mean, it's just what our current vulnerability is. Yeah. And what the other person is 
offering and putting out into yeah. the universe yeah, 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 and yeah. they connect and then that's when it becomes a problem, right? So true. Yeah. So if you have a concern about your partner overreacting, you probably need to have a conversation with them and yeah. learn how to one, build trust with them because right. they don't trust you for some reason. Right. And if it's because of their past or something within them, then you help them get the support they need to Absolutely. deal with their insecurities. But hiding things from them will never help them become more confident ever. And it's never going to lead to, okay, now suddenly they're not going to freak out when I yeah. talk about it. I don't think I can ever point to a time when I've tried to help a couple or even in my own personal life when, when I've, when I've got a secret mm-hmm. and I don't just deal with it, mm-hmm. I've never seen it end well. Yeah. I mean, it always comes back and bites you in the hind part, right? Yeah. Well, people say in the therapeutic world, you're only as sick as your secrets. Oh, that is like, so that's good. That's just a common thing. Yeah, that is so good. But you know, like uh, in, in most marriage or relational issues, honest conversation can minimize assumptions and create deeper intimacy and trust, mm-hmm. right? I mean- yeah. That, that again, two words: honest conversation. Yeah. Not not a shouting match. Right. Not even an accusatory match, mm-hmm. but an honest conversation. Well, and the challenge with a lot of this, Chuck, is that because our culture is so like uh, tech savvy, and there's so yeah. much tech yeah. infidelity that goes on. Yeah. Chances are, a lot of people will enter relationships with some trauma surrounding this. And yeah, so it's going true. to be a trigger yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. And so this is where if you if you are listening, you, you have had trauma in the past, this is where it's important for you to kind of get that support so that you can have these conversations. Yeah. Because when people have trauma, they do one of two things. They overreact or they underreact. Wow, yeah. So they're either, you know, it's going to be it's, triggering. It's never healthy. Right. Like just kind of calm That's the nature of trauma. and stable. Yeah. Right. I, I thought it was interesting in preparing for today's show uh, that digital relationships typically are fueled by secrecy or the mm-hmm. belief that you have secrecy right. and that secrecy in relationships does several things. One of them is it creates a lack of trust mm-hmm. that does erode the original relationship. Yes, I think that's a really interesting visual. Like yeah. if you have spent all this time building this rock, this foundation, right. and when you live in a state of, of known secrecy and you're continually in that, it is eroding. It's eroding yeah. that foundation. Yeah. I, you know, another thing in preparation, I, I, I think I see this in couples that I try to help, that there's, uh, there's an emotional and then a physical disconnect from the original relationship. Mm-hmm. How can there not be, right? right? That you have to have that in order to engage in these other relationships. You have when you're connected to your partner, like you said earlier off air, that whenever you're in an interaction with anybody, really, Jenny's yeah. top of mind for you, That's right. right? That's right. So that means you're connected to her. Yeah. So in order for us to connect with someone else, we have to disconnect from That's our a, partner. That's absolutely right. I, I found this one, and I think um I believe the science would support this, and you may want to talk about this later, but um, I think the science would say that most secretive digital relationships create a lack of intimacy mm-hmm. that can lead to sexless marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put all that together and you think, holy cow, I mean, this is not worth the risk. Yeah. Well, and, and you, like you said, it's a risk. You start out small. Yeah. Yeah. There are red flags along the way, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, I do want to just pause for a quick second because I I think that in the interest of, you know, talking about transparency and vulnerability and all of these things, um, 
we want to do this willingly. We yeah, want to submit yeah. these this to our partner willingly, yeah. right? Um, I just want to say, you know, it, it is important that we don't demand access yeah. to our partner's yeah. online presence because that can be a form of control yep. that can become unhealthy. So Absolutely. there is a level of privacy every person is afforded as an individual, as a human. However, that being said, that little caveat, the goal is that both partners have built this level of respect, this level of trust with each other, that they don't feel the need to have any kind of hidden separate life, right? Right. So if you are in a relationship and you feel like your partner is unwilling to be transparent in this area, there are a couple things you can do. Probably good to meet with a third party, like a counselor. And you get to kind of determine as this all gets fleshed out, is that a boundary you're comfortable with yeah, in yeah. the relationship? Is like, you know, we hear about people who have premarital counseling, pre-engagement mm-hmm, counseling. Mm-hmm. They talk about all these things. They talk about their life goals, their values. But it might also be important for them to talk about what are your boundaries surrounding online relationships? Absolutely. What are your boundaries surrounding Absolutely. texting with the opposite sex and what that looks like? Um, you know, because- it's interesting, Julie. It's like in, in my office when a couple comes in with this issue, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing we go to is... I, inevitably, one of the other partners says, well, I share with you everything. Mm-hmm. And the other partner's like, yeah, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, when you, when you sit with a third party, mm-hmm. I don't know what the, I don't know what a therapist would say. A counselor would say the benefit that I bring in that conversation mm-hmm. is one, there's an equal playing field right? and there, there is some equilibrium to the conversation. Yep. So that it doesn't have to become defensive mm-hmm. or angry, mm-hmm. but it's solution-based. Yes, it's presenting like, the facts yeah, and being able to yeah. sort through that. We and get very foggy when Almost we- <laughs> every couple I've ever known in the world benefits from that at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much more so in this instance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that is good to have, you know, those conversations ahead of time if possible. And if not, to flesh it out with yeah. a third party. I, I found uh, this thing from Time Magazine, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but they had four digital rules that you should follow when you're in love. Mm. I thought this was really interesting. Time Magazine, right? Not exactly the bastion of conservatism, but you know, let's just go there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Of course, neither are you. (laughs) Neither am I. Neither am I. So let's let's put that out there. Number one was... it, four digital rules. We only have some listeners right now. I know. I, I, know. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Assign some consistent time without technology. Yes. I mean, this is so healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, because it's a vortex and yeah. it's very easy yeah. to get your needs met in, you know, with a screen that doesn't ask anything of you. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Secondly, uh, post carefully and openly in social media with total access. In mm-hmm. other words, don't have secret accounts, don't have right. second accounts, no. but post accurately and mm-hmm. post honestly. Don't- and I think we're going to touch on this a little bit in the future and yeah, yeah. talking about our kids, like what we post, Absolutely. what yeah. we post about our, you know, our partner, things like that. So and important. to your point, set expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, just go ahead and have the conversation about boundaries. Now, yeah. a lot of men do not want to have this conversation. I wonder why. Why do you think they don't? Well, I, I think to set boundaries, you've got to be completely vulnerable. Yeah. And most men are so uncomfortable because they've never seen it modeled. Yeah. And yet vulnerability is exactly what a true strength of a real man or woman has capacity for. Yeah. Well, but, Jesus, I mean, had everything and absolutely. he made himself vulnerable. Yeah. Like that's the core. And then fourth... Speak openly about the dangers of micro affairs. I love that word. I mean, I don't, 
I love the concept of yeah, that Yeah, like while it's small, deal with it. <laughs> micro affairs, because yeah. Because the very nature that you have to call it a micro affair means it becomes a macro. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk towards the end of this episode, what are some signals yeah, that right. you might either be engaging in that or that your partner might That's right. be starting yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Are those the, are those the four that you that you had? Did you want me to add a fifth one just off the top of my head? <laughs> I mean, I can do that. I didn't want to interrupt you. I was... <laughs> I'm not, listen, I took Julie a red, caught a red eye. eye last night. She and her family came back from wherever. And I mean, when she walked in today, I, I really did. I thought, okay, one of two things is true. Either Julie has been on a three day drunk or she's come home on a red eye. So we went, we went, it could have been both. I don't know. We spent three days hiking and camping. So there was not a lot of okay, sleep happening. All right. Well, you get a total pass. Then. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I did do some research, however, as tired as I am, I did some research and I wanted to know how technology and how the internet has shifted our relationship fidelity. Wow. And what I found yeah. was that in 1998, prior to the internet, the University of California, which is where I just was, um, conducted a study on infidelity and it found that 14% of women and 24% of men had been unfaithful to their spouse. This is in 1998. 19, uh, not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah. Um, as my kids say, in the 1900s. <laughs> in the 1900s. <laughs> like, okay, I feel really <laughs> old. Um, but in 2014, the Associated Press, their Journal of Marital and Family Therapy reported that in 41% of marriages, that's almost double, one or both spouses have admitted to infidelity, either oh physical gosh. or emotional. Why does this happen? Like you said, online relationships, it's two words, two A words, I think, access and anonymity. Absolutely. You have access to all the people yep. from your past that you've never met. And capacity to be secretive. And capacity to be secretive, that yeah. and the yeah. anon, um, anonymity. Yeah, yeah. Anonymity. And whatever that is, <laughs> yes. yeah. So I, I love it when I hear this, like, and I hear it more from men than I do from women, mm-hmm. frankly, but I, I hear this, you know what? It just happened. Right. <laughs> and that's when I want to throw the BS card down and say, no, it doesn't How just How many steps happen. did you have to take yeah, you to get there? You blew past 87 red yeah. flags yeah. before you sent that picture. Right, right. And that is where the more we blow past the red flags, and this is, this is, scriptural, the more our hearts get hardened, our conscious, like we become in the psychological world, we would say desensitized to that. Absolutely. We dissociate from those warning signs. And then that's where people, I think genuinely when they say it just happened, there's a part of them that believes it just happened. Yeah, I believe that. Because they ignored and were desensitized to all of the warning signs. Yeah. But I bet there's something happening in the brain that allows them to believe that. Yes, absolutely. Well, and you know, it's interesting, Chuck. I think we we minimize, like it's like when you said people come in and be like, oh, it's just a text message or it was it was just sex or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but even through screens, we minimize the actual connections that are fostered through tech. Absolutely. But they do have very powerful implications. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we discussed a few weeks ago about how our bodies respond with bonding chemicals. Yep. Um, we talked about oxytocin and vasopressin, mm-hmm. and that happens when we're intimate with others. So really when we are in the process when of becoming intimate with somebody, throughout right. the whole process, our oxytocin is rising. Mm-hmm. Vasopressin is as well. And this happens whether you're in person 
or through a screen. This is a big aha. Mm-hmm. Because it's obviously there are different elements to it, sure. but that core sense of, of, we call it pair bonding. It's like mating. It's like the, that humans have this desire to bond for life, which is very different than other animals yeah. that is related to this oxytocin and vasopressin release. Which means you can bond mm-hmm. on a screen. Absolutely. Your body, if you are engaging in that physical act, um, your body is releasing those chemicals. Those chemicals are released either way. And so it is impossible to engage in pornography or illicit online relationships without bonding to some degree with the individual on the other side of the screen. Now, the problem of many, one problem of many um, with online, online relationships is that they offer this like high level of intimacy mm. without the high level of sacrifice that is required in a relationship, wow. right? The people on the screen aren't asking anything of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we engage in these types of relationships, we are actually training ourselves to be less tolerant mm. of what a real relationship requires. Because okay, that's just, that is just a mouthful. Yeah, well, but think it's about so it. stinking true when I stop and think about mm-hmm. it. I mean, if it costs you something, there's no real payoff. Right, right. And you know, the the person on the screen, they're not asking you to do the dishes, right? Like that's not. Yeah. She's not a. I mean, she's a real woman, but she's not a real woman in relation yeah, yeah, to for you, you, right? And yeah. so this is why people who you know struggle with these types of things or they desensitize themselves to these types of relationships, it can be difficult for them to have healthy yeah. real life relationships because they're so used to instant gratification. They're not used to like, oh, my wife is struggling. She's sick. She's having a rough day. Right. I got to put my needs aside for a minute, yeah. right? Because it's yeah. all about, they connect intimacy with selfishness, yeah. essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is why, you know, I said it a minute ago, but I think I said it incorrectly. If it costs you nothing, mm-hmm. there is no real payoff. Right. 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 And in relationships, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Like the, the benefit that I feel like Jenny and I get to enjoy mm-hmm. is that we are fully vested. Mm-hmm. Like we're just all in mm-hmm. 100, 100. Mm-hmm. And there, the beauty of it is when I'm only good for 80, mm-hmm. she brings the other 20. Yeah. But that's what fully, I mean, fully engaged, fully vested relationships do. Yeah. But if you're vested somewhere else, mm-hmm. then you don't have that. No, because you, it's, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut. And you know, so what, what would be like some of the red flags? I guarantee there are listeners right now, Julie, they're Mm -hmm. thinking, well, I wonder what, what should I look for? for? Yeah. Yeah. And you can look for this in yourself and also in your partner. I always recommend people start with you things in their self themselves first. Right. Um, so some red flags about your own tech use or your partner's tech use. If you're adding passwords to devices that didn't have passwords on them before, obviously this is different if it's, if you're doing it for your child or something, right. You're trying to protect you're harboring a national security because you work for the (laughs) CIA, maybe, but you know, or if your, your kid is constantly getting on YouTube and you want to put a screen, but in, in terms of, you know, let me add this because I don't want my spouse to see. If you're hiding saved videos or photos, we probably have a problem. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, sudden changes in behavior. Because here's the thing. When we start to um, interact with an alternate world, because mm-hmm. that's really what it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, it will, in, to some degree, uh, change how we interact in person, like with the people around it has us. To. Um, yeah, because it, has to. it is just neurologically, it, it will. Um, if you find yourself deleting conversations or messages, big red flag, like, oh, I got to delete this so my, my spouse doesn't see this. Yeah. That's a problem. Kind of goes back to, can you give your phone 
to right. your spouse, whatever, wondering what conversations are on there. Right. Yeah. My husband and I, there's absolutely no, we don't check each other's phones often, yeah, but we don't either. there's never been a time where he has done the death grip on his phone, right? right? Like, it's like, Hey, no. you know, let me check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where people are like, no, it's like, wait, why? You know, right. we're just like, okay, here you go. You know, you need my password. You, I mean, you need me to share my location, whatever. We respect each other yeah. enough to do that. That goes back to what you said earlier, though. I mean, you want this to be you. You want this to be mutual. You don't. Right. I demand that I no. see your phone. No. I. One of the things that I do in a lot of premarital counseling is go ahead and talk about what are the things you want to value, so that twenty years from now you still feel like you're madly in love, and they yeah. they are still chasing after you. Yeah. And inevitably, it's always about. Okay, I want to know if there are no online secrets. Yeah. In some shape, form, or fashion. Right. That's there. And I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have to set that standard for yourself from the beginning that you're not yeah. going to start yeah. because, like you said, micro affairs turn into macro affairs. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to go down that road and even just chemically, you're going to be yeah. vulnerable. So I, I have a quick example of this. Mm-hmm. I, I use Google Chrome for all of my internet stuff, mm-hmm. right? And my, to look through my Google Chrome, my, my browser history, I mean, you, you would find all kind of church stuff. Mm-hmm. You would find all kind of stuff that I try to learn to keep up with you because <laughs> on this podcast, it's just oh a little too bright for my take, but you know, that's just no. me. So I have to work on that. That's. Then, but you would find a lot of stuff there about college football. I was going to say sports next. Yeah, you have a lot of stuff about <laughs> college bulldogs. football. Yeah. And and then you would find a lot of things about fishing. Uh-huh. Right? So uh, Jen uses Safari, mm-hmm. you know, the Apple yeah. browser. That's her primary browser. Uh-huh. So she gets on my iPad, I don't know, months ago. Mm-hmm. And she opens up Safari. Mm-hmm. And she just asks a simple question. She says, why is your Safari in private mode? I said, I didn't even know it was. I'd never yeah. use it. Yeah. And she said, oh. And I said, well, just you could see all my browser history because I, I, uh-huh. I don't use Safari. Yeah. You know what I did? Mm. I got rid of Safari on my, <laughs> on my device because I thought, I, why would I leave that? There's no need. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's something called vanish mode yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And if you are sending messages on vanish mode. Something's wrong. Like, why? Yeah. You know, why do you need to do that? It's so funny. I <laughs> Guys will say like, oh, I don't understand why all these like you know, pictures of girls are like showing up on my feed oh. on Instagram. And I'm I like, it's an algorithm, bro. Like, <laughs> there's a like, reason yeah. you are, it's going to see what you're searching and it's going yeah, yeah. to give you more of that. So be I careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, secret social media accounts, obviously that's yep. a problem as well. Um, hiding or putting away electronic devices when you walk mm-hmm. into the room, that's that whole like, no, you know, like no. Yeah. The, your electronic device is not like a vault that your no. spouse, I mean, it's no. just an extension, it's an extension of you yep. and therefore there needs to be integrity in that as well. As such. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, becoming defensive mm-hmm. or refusing to show you their internet history. So this is like when Jen, you know, you have nothing to be defensive about when Jen's sure. like, Hey, what's that? You know, it's like, like if I have my, if I ask my husband a question, he's like, I don't know. Like, let's check it out. You know, like there's nothing to hide. Um, Spending more and more time online. Now, obviously there are other reasons why that could happen, but coupled with some other things that might be a consideration, Mm -hmm. withdrawing from usual hobbies or relationships. Remember we talked about earlier, these online worlds give a lot of stimulus and not a lot. They don't require a lot of self-control. Um, changes in sleep patterns, like, you know, people using their phone in the middle of the night. Yeah. I don't, um, like, I don't know. I, I, 
he just seems to work till one o'clock in the morning all, every night. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't think he's well, working. my husband and I actually have this thing, and, and we don't do it all the time, but if he has to work late and he's on his yeah. computer, he'll just do it from the bedroom. Okay, like, Jenny and no, I do that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's no point. Like, if you know that, you know, target people are targeted in the middle yeah. of the night yeah, ads yeah. and all those things, Absolutely. why why expose yourself Absolutely. to that? Yeah. Um, and then sudden change in physical desire without explanation. This could be an increase or a decrease. It doesn't yeah. necessarily just mean a decrease. So what you do online will affect you in real life, and there are signs and things that you can look for. Yeah, and, you know, they, this sounds hardcore, but it is, it's common sense, which mm-hmm. is, uh, the simple rule would be, if you don't want anyone to know about it, don't choose it. Don't do it. Yeah. Right? I mean, because right. there's no such thing. In terms of relationships with other people, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're uh, if, if you're online mm-hmm. and you're hammering the porn sites, mm-hmm. it's going to show up in social media. It's going to show up in... Eventually, it catches up. Yeah. Yeah. You, it, you cannot hide this stuff. Especially now with everything's tracked. So oh, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Why? <clears throat> well, it, but it does, it does speak to the fact <laughs> that uh, secrecy, I mean, un- unless you're keeping the secret of what I bought Jenny for Christmas. <laughs> right. Right. But right. I mean, secrecy just Mm -mm. doesn't work in healthy relationships. Mm -mm. There's just no room for it. No. And we say, you know, we actually say this to our kids as a sort of um, uh, protective mechanism Mm -hmm. against, you know, um, abuse and things like that. We say we we don't do secrets in our house. We can do surprises. Right. Um, And there are That's really good. You know, there are things that you, you know, you obviously don't have to share everything, but we don't do secrets. It's not like, you know... Dan, my husband loves surprises and yeah. he loves like fun and all this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, at one point he would be like, okay, we're going to do this, but don't tell mom it's our secret, you know? Yeah. And we, yeah. we had a conversation like, we're going to say it's our surprise, it's surprise. right? Like, hey, that sounds subtle, but it's not. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not. I, the thing about, um, the thing about secrets mm-hmm. feels to me like, um, if I'm withholding, mm-hmm. um, a, a conversation like Jen and I, we, it doesn't matter where we're eating. Mm-hmm. The conversation is always tell me about your day. Mm-hmm. Every day. Yeah. Right. Now, um, I, I'm one of those people that I love it when she just gives me the highlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she likes to know the whole commentary. <laughs> I like to know the com- commentary too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so what, but what did you think when that happened? Okay. This <laughs> sounds like, like me and Jen. So yeah. Jen will say, and, but then what'd you say? Yeah, exactly. I do the yeah. same thing. And, and I'm like, my husband's I like, even, I don't remember. I don't remember what I ate, much less what I said. <laughs> yeah. but, but but the cool thing is that that simple conversation mm-hmm. takes any barrier out mm-hmm. because I really don't think you can sit and have that kind of meaningful, intimate conversation with your spouse on a regular mm-hmm. basis mm-hmm. and withhold. Right. I just right. don't think you can. And, and if you're starting to, that's your red flag, right? Yeah, you start right, to leave. Right details out. Yeah, exactly. That's your red flag. Um, so what do we do if, you know, we notice that we're question. doing some of these things or we notice our partner is doing some of these things? Um, some people would say immediately go and confess it. I would say immediately go and confess it to someone. Right. Um, you need to find a person you can be honest with. Uh, if you, you know, need to, um, the end goal, I would say, is to be able to tell your partner from a place of clarity, Agreed. a place where you Agreed. have understood 
the extent, and, and you're ready to tell your partner. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it is really important to rebuild trust. And that's going to look like, you know, your partner will be asking some things of you, yeah, right? Yeah. Really hard to live in transparent, healthy relationship when you're withholding a secret that does, in fact, involve them. It does. And it, it's, I view it this way. You are having a relationship with who you think that person is, yeah. not who that person that's so really good. is. Yeah. And that's, that's so not good. fair to them, right? But I know this is a process. And when I talk with my clients, but you know, we actually, in therapy, we actually have um, what we call disclosure sessions where mm. the partner will disclose to their partner with a therapist in the room. Do you absolve them? Well, <laughs> no, I don't actually do this work, but the people who do the disclosure sessions, they do it because they want to have a safe, really healthy. a safe space for yeah. the person to be able to disclose while the other person, I mean, them receiving that information yeah. is very hard. So this means that it, you know, it is something that is planned and that is prepared for. Right. Right? I'm not sure I understand the whole uh Catholicism theology behind it at all. <laughs> yeah. But but I would be the first confession. one to say, um, sometimes I would go so far as say most of the time, it would be healthy for you to have that conversation with a counselor or a therapist opposed to a good friend. Yeah. Because to have that with a good friend, you may not get you you may get just the advice that is the opposite of what you need to hear. Yeah. And you also are asking them to step into that mess, then you wanting them to be normal when you work it's your way through, and possible. it's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, a friend always has both your best interest and their best interest That's in right. mind because they That's are right. receiving something from the relationship. Yeah. A therapist yeah. only is only supposed to have yeah. your best interest in mind. Absolutely. So yeah. if this happens, if you discover that your partner is pushing relational boundaries in their tech use, first thing to do is the hardest thing to do, which is to stay calm, um, because I think for most of us, if we see something that points in a direction, we assume that Absolutely. it's all the way down that road, right? Yeah. So it's easy to jump to a lot of conclusions. Especially if you didn't deal with it when it was micro. Mm -hmm. And now you have validation that well, it's significant. Even with micro, people who are very future thinking, yeah. that is very concerning, right? You, you can go from micro to, oh my gosh, you've been having multiple affairs and you spend all of our money at massage parlors in a heartbeat in your yeah. head, right? Yeah. Well, and when it, even when it stays at that low, low level, if you will, it's, it's easy for anybody to jump to conclusions, right? Mm -hmm. So try yeah. to stick with the facts. Try to stick with the facts as you know them at the moment right. and know that there might be more facts that emerge. Get support for yourself mm -hmm. while you process through this. Mm -hmm. Take space if needed while mm -hmm. you figure out the extent of the online relationship, right? It's usually not just what you see, but... It could be just what you've seen at that right. moment, right? You don't need to know how, exactly how to proceed right away. That's right. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's like, what do I do? Am I going to divorce? Am I going to, you know, and right. it's like, let's just focus on what the next right step is. That's right. And maybe yeah. that's time. Maybe that's more disclosure. Maybe mm -hmm. that's getting mm -hmm. support for yourself so that you can handle what you're going to hear. Absolutely. There's a lot of different pieces That's to what that. I loved about Emily P. Freeman's book is just... Don't worry about 30 days. Don't mm -hmm. worry about next week. What is the next thing to do? Right. The yeah. next right step. Um, now, once you've done that, it is important when you're in a kind of a level place to be clear with your partner about your personal boundaries mm -hmm. in online or tech relationships. This is where you say, I am not, I am okay with this and I am not okay with this. That's the simplest way I define boundaries. What I am, what I am or am not okay with. Right. Um, 
And then if you're not sure what's acceptable, because I think a lot of times people, when they've been in these relationships, they feel like they get a little bit of whiplash where they're not sure. They're like, I'm upset about this, but should I be upset about this? Because the partner's like, it's not a big deal. And you know, all these things. So they start to doubt their own reality. So if you're in that place and you're not sure what's acceptable, schedule a time to talk with someone like a counselor and sort out your values in this area, right? Be able yeah. to kind of sort that yeah. out and get some clarity so that you can come to the table with a degree of confidence. Yeah, this knowing. is for another show, but I, I think it, it's probably worth just bringing up in the middle of this conversation, Julie, the the thought that what what happens to that person if in the back of your mind you feel like I'm getting, I'm, I'm this is a gaslighting. Mm-hmm. All, all of a sudden, you, we have a whole nother problem, which is when you really should invest in a therapist or counselor at that point. Yes, yes, because gaslighting is one of the most insidious forms of emotional abuse, yeah, yeah. and it and it builds upon itself. Yeah, um, and it's very, very difficult. There's, I actually think that is a really good future episode. What yeah. to do? Because there are actually phrases you can say right. to someone when they're gaslighting you. Yeah. So that would, uh, let's let's tackle that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I think do that it. would be good. I think we should do I, that next. I like your, your list, but one of, one of the things I hear you say is ask. Yeah. Ask, so ask for what you need. Be clear. You know, as you set the boundary, be clear about what you will do or will not do if the boundaries are violated. Mm-hmm. That's just part of it. And you have to learn how to ask for what you need. And if you've been gaslit for so long, it's hard to ask for what you need because right. in the past that was like, you're too sensitive right. or you're too, you're just you know, crud beat out of you. you know, it's yeah. just, you can't have needs. Right. Um, so tell your partner what you need from them in order Especially to feel. to rebuild trust. And trust again. And yeah. it's going to take time. For example, you know, you might um, say, I, in order to trust you again, mm-hmm. I'm going to need some permission to your phone. Right. Like that's, right. that's where we're at. You know, that is part of the the breach of trust. Which is, seems like that's a low bar of rebuilding. Mm-hmm. It really does. That feels like a really low bar to start. Yeah. Or, you know, access to your passwords, right? right? Stuff like that. Um, those are things that are kind of foundational, mm-hmm. that you're setting the tone for the lack of secrecy, yeah. right? Um, and this is really, really important, Chuck, because when you ask for what you need mm-hmm. up front, mm-hmm. it helps you, it helps prevent you from violating your partner's boundaries down the road. Yeah. So if you don't ask and say, hey, this is what I need for trust. Yep. And then in the future, you're just like, you know, looking at all their stuff and grabbing their phone and the partner's like, wait a second. Like, I didn't even agree to this. Right. right? right. And obviously at that moment, logically, it'd be like, well, you kind of did agree to it when you cheated. You right. know? But, yeah, yeah. but technically they didn't, you that's know, right. and yeah. that's where we want to honor people's autonomy. Right. And that's where each person gets to choose. You say, this is what I need to trust yeah. you again. And the partner gets to say, I'm willing to do that for the sake of this relationship. So uh, once again, clarity equals kindness and mm-hmm. kindness is best sought in honest and forthright conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So I guess the big picture to wrap up today's episode is whether whether you've been able to take a look at yourself in this conversation or mm-hmm. your partner mm-hmm. in this conversation. What what's most important is to realize you, you're not stuck there. Yeah. That these red flags are sending us the ability to say, wait a minute, let's change. Mm-hmm. And it's probably super valuable to have that conversation with a third party that has some equipping and training, not just a friend mm-hmm. where you walk around the park, mm-hmm. um, and and be able to have that conversation so you can come out of it with a plan. Yeah, and you know, I I hear a lot of people say I can never tell my partner because they will leave and they will never give me a chance. 
right? You are owning someone else's choice at that point. Absolutely. It is the best thing to be honest with your partner when you're ready and let them choose what they're going to do, right? You can't own somebody else's choice. You just don't know. You you really don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And why own that? Right. Why take that on? Mm-hmm. So as always, we want to thank you for joining us for another episode here at the Positive Talk Podcast. And Julie, this is, I know today was kind of a sensitive conversation, but it is epidemic. Yeah, it's important. It's yeah. really important. And so uh, if you missed last week where we talked about parenting and finding, you know, some digital rhythms in your family that are healthy, go back and listen to last week mm-hmm. and then share this. I mean, I'll guarantee you people thought I know somebody or a, someone in my friend circle that needs to hear this. That's what I thought when we decided to record this. Yeah. Was, there's a lot of people who could benefit from hearing that. Same. There. So as always, we are so grateful that you tune in and listen to us and watch us some on YouTube as we merge faith and psychology here at the Positive Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week. And remember, you can always find all of seasons one through four and this fifth season of the Positive Talk Podcast on our website at Positive Talk Podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks as always for listening in and we'll see you back next week. Go in peace. Thanks again for joining Julie and Chuck on this week's Positive Talk Podcast. Please share this episode with friends, family, and social media. You can find our previous seasons and episodes on our website at PositiveTalkPodcast.com and join us on social media for more content at Positive Talk Podcast. Thanks again and go in peace.